Welcome to the Cochrane Community Church Podcast. We're so happy that you're joining us, and we look forward to how Jesus will impact your life through this message. See, at Cochrane Community Church, our mission is simple. We want to share the love of Jesus so that our families, our community, the next generation, and the world will know Him as Savior. And this means that we strive to be a loving, Christ-centered community of believers. We just want to say thank you so much again for taking the time to tune into this episode. And at this time, please sit back and relax and enjoy this week's episode. Either in person or online, uh, celebrating the birth of our Savior. And today I think there's something, some things that are important to remember as we celebrate Uh, The birth of Jesus, even though maybe it's not exactly the day that he was born, we don't know that, right? We don't know for sure, but we'll take it. And I was wondering if we should have got a cake or something. Can you imagine with 2,000 candles on a cake and, uh, you know, all that? But we're going to get right into this today, and I want you to get out your Bible if you have one. uh, Get it up on your device, and we will have them on the screen. Let's go to the Gospel of John, the fourth book of the New Testament, as we get right into this today. The first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are very similar, and they're called synoptic, and the word synoptic meaning similar. But then there's John. John's like the oddball, the weird guy. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, his is different than the other three. The Gospel of John was written to both uh, Jews and Gentiles, and it just doesn't quite fit the others. And uh, one author put it this way, and I like this right here. Look at this. He said, it's as if Almost as if John had said, I want you to consider Jesus and his teachings and his deeds, which which he shares, but you will not understand the good news of Jesus. And this is where we're going today in its fullest sense, unless you view him from this point of view. Don't miss this. View him from this point of view. Jesus is God manifest in the flesh, and his words and deeds are those of God as man. Don't miss that. That's where we're going today. That's our bottom line. That's interesting. Jesus is God on earth. And I want us to get that today. I want us to understand who this baby really is. So when we read from John, the Gospel of John, the oddball, the weird one, chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Let's read this. It says this. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. And he was with God in the beginning. Through him, things were made. Okay, get that. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and, in the, dar- and the darkness has not overcome it. Seems kind of crazy, hard to understand, doesn't it? But quite honestly, that brings home the point of what we just said about who Jesus really is. Some ways it is kind of hard to understand, but but let's look at it in pieces. Let's look at just these five verses. That's all we're doing today. Let's look at these in pieces. Look at one through three again. In the beginning was the word, capital W. And the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. 
Right there, it makes the point of everything we're talking about. What does John want his readers to know? Why does this seem kind of hard to understand? It, it kind of is some, in some ways, right? First of all, he describes Jesus as the Word. That's the part that just kind of sticks, every, sticks everybody, right? Word, capital W, Word. What is that? And the word Word, the word Word, is a Greek word, logos, or some people say logos, logos, however you want to say it. And it literally means uh, speaking a message or using words like in speech. Okay, so that's a word he uses here. And not very many people knew how to read or write back then, for one thing, so the spoken word was everything. But God reveals, here's what I want to get. The reason why he's using word here to describe Jesus is think of the Old Testament. God reveals his power and his will through his word. Think about that. The Bible tells us, right? The heavens were made by the word of the Lord. You can read that in Psalms. The heavens were made by the what? The what? The word of the Lord. God said, God said, let there be light. God's words, he spoke. There it is. God reveals his power and his will through his words. And if you think of John here speaking to two audiences, he's speaking to Jews who, might have, who would have understood all that Old Testament stuff, and he's speaking to Gentiles as well. And so he's using this in sort of a double-meaning kind of way, word, logos, meaning both inner thought and outward speech. Not only spoken word, but reasoning thought. So he uses it as a title for Jesus, the word. God reveals his power and will through his word. That's what we want to get here, okay? Even though he hasn't even identified the subject yet. So if you just pick this up and read it, in the beginning was the word, you're like, what? Who's he talking about here, right? It's called delayed identification. They use that in journalism all the time. It's a journalistic tool. But here's a simple way to look at verse one through verse one through three. It seems confusing. Word, we think of words just being God's all powerfulness. God reveals his power and his will through his word right in the beginning. You know, God spoke. The heavens were made. All of that by God's word. Get that. But number one, here's what uh, John wants everybody to get. Jesus always existed. The word was God. The word is God. The word Standing for Jesus is God. And the words here mirror Genesis 1.1 in the beginning. We also see in Genesis 1.26 that uh, uh, God says, let us make humankind, insinuating that God wasn't alone when he created Jesus. When he created, Jesus was there. So we could read these first three verses like this. Put that up there. Look at this. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was in the beginning with God, and all things, all things, what came into being through him? How could it come into being through him if God was the creator of the universe? Well, Jesus is God. We need to get, this is where we're going, right? John wanted his readers to understand that it's more than, it's more than that. God's power is revealed in Jesus because God's word is power. And Jesus, the baby who came to earth, always existed. Jesus is eternal. Jesus was at creation. Jesus is part of the Trinity, God, Father, Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So his birthday then is actually God came to earth day. We think of this little baby being born as Jesus guy. God came to earth day. I think that's a great way to look at it. 
And I heard it said this way, and this has just stuck with me over the last uh, week when I started working on this. Number two, Jesus is God's ultimate self-disclosure. Boom. Drop the mic, right? Jesus is God's ultimate self-disclosure. I heard Pastor Andy Stanley say that. You want to know what God's like? You want to know who God is? Look at Jesus. Read the Gospels. And John wants his readers to know this. He wants his his readers to understand, first and foremost, the deity of the guy he's going to write about in the rest of the book. And he starts this way. So we don't want to miss the godness, for lack of a better word, godness of Jesus. Emmanuel, what's that mean? God with us. God comes to earth. And do you see how when we belittle the celebration of Christmas to a commercial holiday, we diminish Jesus as God's ultimate self-disclosure. We can't diminish that. And John starts there. This is who this is. And I'm going to write about him. God in the flesh. Let's get that. He doesn't write about his birth. He doesn't write about uh, shepherds and the hillside like we talked about last night. He doesn't talk about that. He goes right into it. Jesus, Logos, the Word, always existed. And coming to earth as a human was God's ultimate self-disclosure, God with us, right? So let's read the next part. Verse 4 says this. In him, Jesus, God, come to earth, was life. And that life was, the listen to this, the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That makes me want to shout hallelujah right there. (laughs) This is the good part. The salvation, life through him is being revealed to the world. God in human form. Light is being revealed to the world. Number three, Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah, I've heard that a thousand times, John. Yeah, we know that. We talk about that, right? We do. We hear that all the time. Jesus is the light of the world. Why is that? Because he's God in the flesh. The baby is the light of the world, defeating darkness. What does all this, what does all of this mean? This is salvation here. This is why he came to defeat darkness. And the Bible frequently talks about darkness as being sin, being far separated from God. If God is light and you don't follow him and you don't believe in him and you're not near him, then you're not in light. You're in the darkness, right? And so when the Bible talks about darkness, it's ignorance, it's death, it's sin. It's just think of the horrible things that go on in this world, the evil that exists. That's darkness because it's so far away from God. You understand that? The Bible frequently talks about that, far from God. Being far from God is living in darkness. But Jesus came to bring life. Man's most important asset, right? Being alive. I want to be alive. (laughs) And light defeats the darkness. In other words, Jesus represented as light, which is a figure of speech, 
defeats the darkness of sin in our life. What does John say? He says the darkness, which is sin, ignorance, death, evil, all of that stuff, doesn't stand a chance against the light, the cleansing, purifying light of Jesus. Doesn't stand a chance. Because of this right here. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, right? Sin is defeated once for all. And now the prophet Isaiah talked about this very thing, about the future coming of Jesus, which we talked about over the last four weeks. He said this, look at this, Isaiah 9, 2. The people, talking about the Israelites in particular, they're walking in darkness because they were so far away from God. Remember that? They'd gotten so far away from him, have seen a great light. There it is. I see the light. And those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Who's that? That's Jesus. That's what he's talking about. Uh, uh, light has, those who lived in the land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. I have here. It's a different version there. But people who walked in darkness, the light has shined, Okay. That's Jesus, the light of the world, stepping down into the dark, sinful, muddy world for you and for me. We got that. So let me ask you, have you ever been in total darkness in your life? Like total, 100%, there is no light. I'm sure you have. Somewhere. And you strain and your eyes really, really do try to see if there's light. I remember when I was a kid, the very first uh, haunted house opened up. I was in sixth grade. And now they have, you know, what, haunted schools, haunted mazes, haunted hayrides, haunted churches, haunted hospitals, haunted whatever. But uh, this was, uh, the very first one was called Scream in the Dark, and it opened in Akron, Ohio, and I was in sixth grade. So I don't know, you do the math, I, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what year that was, in the early, early 70s. And we went, me and my buddies. And, you know, when you're walking through these haunted house things, it was in a big building downtown Akron. Monsters jump out, and there's strobe lights, and there's blood all over, and then, you know, there's people in caskets raising out and dead bodies, you know, all that. But then you go to a, maybe a part where there's a maze. Has anybody ever been in a maze in a haunted house in one of those things? Have you ever been in a totally black maze anywhere? If you've never done that, you don't know what you're missing. Come on. <laughs> so they would have these mazes in these haunted houses. Totally, 100%. Pitch black, nothing. And it was probably this wide. And you just walked. And you had no idea, no idea where you were going. It was so confusing. And that's darkness. That's what I think is just amazing, impossible darkness. You had no sense of direction. You're straining to see ahead, but it was impossible. No matter how hard you tried, there was no light. There wasn't even a crack in the floor with light. You could see nothing. One of my friends one time, to his, uh, much to his dismay, was in one of those mazes. And it was in the same haunted house. And he's walking in this maze. It's pitch black. And somebody pushes him from behind. You know, it's like, hey, buddy. And, and then he kind of like pushes him again from behind. So my friend turns around and gives the guy a push back. I knock it off. As soon as he does that, a flashlight comes on. And that Akron Police Department patch shined on the, he shined his flashlight on his Akron Police Department patch. And uh, needless to say, that cop was very unhappy and it didn't go well for my friend that he pushed a policeman in there. But what are you going to do? That's what life is like without the light of Jesus. There's no direction. You're stumbling along. You're not understanding even why we're on this earth because you don't know anything. You don't see life properly. You don't see the world properly. It's impossible. That's what life is like without the light of Jesus. And Jesus said it himself in John 8. Again, Jesus spoke to them. 
When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, look at this. We know this. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You got to get out of the maze. The word God himself, God himself became flesh and dwelt among us. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me can get out of that maze. Get out of that maze. There's no light in there. There's no good. There's no light. Have you allowed the light of Jesus to defeat the dark maze of sin in your life? How about you at home? Think about it. He's the only way we can be forgiven of that sin. Step into the light and have that sin removed. Do you live? If you are a believer, do you live like a child of God in the light? Do people see that? Do people see the light of Jesus Christ in you? It's a good question for today, isn't it? And here it is, number four. Jesus provides the way to be children of God. That's what it all boils down to. The word became flesh for this reason. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God for this reason, by bringing us out of the darkness. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness because, but have the light of life. And that's huge. It's huge. That's salvation. That's defeating the darkness of evil sin in our life. The sin in us being removed. And that's how much God loves you and me. Jesus provides the way for us to be children of God because that's why he came to earth. And how does that happen? It happens because everybody is walking in darkness. Every human being is in the maze, lost darkness of sin. And God looked down at heaven. I've I've shared this before. I'll never stop sharing it. God looked down from heaven. Said, I'm perfect and I'm holy and I'm clean perfectly and I'm light and I'm bright and I'm sparkly. And, and, but I want you to be in my family, but I can't even see you over there because you're, you're in that darkness. I want you to have a, a relationship with me. I think you're over there, but you're, you're dark. I want you to spend eternity with me in heaven. But I have to distance myself from you. The darkness distances us. There's a chasm between us of darkness because of your sin. And God says, but I love you so much. What are we going to do? We have to fix this. And so he's like, I know, I know. I'll send part of me. I'll I'll send part of me, my son. We'll call him my son, Jesus. And he'll come to earth as a human. And then when he grows up, I'll punish him for the sin that you should get punished for. He'll pay your penalty. His death and his resurrection then will give you the opportunity to be cleaned up and removed out of from the darkness and brought into the light. Sin can be removed. Sin can become light. And then you can become, you can be in my family, as God says, a child of God. And God says, all you have to do is believe that. Believe it or not, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you are as far from God as you can be. And you are in the maze of darkness, but you don't have to be. All you have to do is believe. 
Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead. Understand your need to get out of the darkness and understand that there is a way out. That's how we become children of God. And then we're, we are adopted into his family and we become children of God. In July of uh, 2005, the famous actress Angelina Jolie adopted an Ethiopian child. So she went over there, and she was touring the drought and disease and the famine stricken Ethiopia, and, and it was terrible, and she was heartbroken. And she got the idea that although she couldn't help every single person in Africa, she could do uh, one child a favor. So she stepped out of her Hollywood glamour, her Hollywood glamour world above privileged and into the world of this little girl whose existence was difficult at best, and she adopted her. And can you imagine the difference in the life of this little girl? Can you imagine? From Ethiopian poverty, famine, sickness, disease, death, all of that, to live with Angelina Jolie, who's worth somewhere around $200 million, by the way. Jolie chose her and showed her favor. And that little girl's life, once deprived, now had abundance. Can you imagine? Her life, once without any future, now exploded with possibility. What a difference it can be when someone who has everything shows favor to someone who may not have very much or someone who is living in darkness. And what is that? That's what God did. That's what God did. Ephesians 1.5. We're going to wrap it up here. God decided in advance to adopt, adopt us in his own family by bringing us to himself. How? Through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. Don't you love that? I love that. That's the whole reason we have Christmas. The whole reason God sent Jesus Christ. God came to earth as a man so we could be lifted out of the darkness, out of the poverty of our sin, step into the light, have light to the full, and live forever with him, the creator of the universe. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Look at this. Verse 14. The Word, we know what the Word is, don't we? The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. In the beginning was the Word. That's it right there. The Word became flesh. Born to a human mom, wrapped in cloth, laid in a feeding trough, poor, lowly, not riding in on a white horse as the to defeat the Romans as the Hebrews had hoped. Unto us a child is born. And that is the reason for the season. And don't forget that. God with us. I sure hope he's the Lord of your life. I sure hope he's the Lord of your life. Let's pray. What a perspective to think. 
of this baby Jesus being God in the flesh. God himself, you, God, yourself, came to earth. You didn't send an angel that you had hanging around up there to come to earth to save the world. No, you did it yourself. That's how much you love people. Man, our little our little human minds can't even wrap we can't even wrap our little human minds around the magnificence of the act. Lord, we celebrate a baby's birthday today. And that baby's birthday is actually the your ultimate self-disclosure to the world. How can we do anything but celebrate? Oh my. I pray that you allow these words from John to burn deep into our hearts. I pray, Father, that you allow us, those that know your son, to be the light of this dark world and to draw other people to the light, to a relationship with you. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that those of us who are followers of Jesus, you bring somebody to mind that we might be visiting with today because of the holiday that needs the light of Jesus Christ in their life. May we not take this day lightly, but understand the magnificence of it all. And Lord, again, if there's anybody in here or watching online that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, that together yet that they can step out of the maze of darkness into the light and pray that today is a day Christmas 2022 changes forever their eternity changes forever it's in your son's name we pray amen what's God's word saying to you what are you going to do about it why don't you stand as we close the song We hope you found this week's episode relevant and encouraging. We just want to say thanks so much for taking time to listen. And if you'd like, please feel free to share it with a family member or a friend. We would really appreciate it. If you'd like more information about Cochrane Community Church, go online and visit ccubchurch.org. Well, that's all the time we have this week, but we would love for you to join us back here next week as we continue to see what it looks like to live a countercultural lifestyle for God. And from all of us here at Cochrane Community Church, we just want to say that we pray that God blesses your faithfulness. We'll see you back here next week.